Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the They Came From Beyond rules by Onyx Path Publishing. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to themes for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include various hijinks, mature language, and possible show rewrites. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., which may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. And now, on with the show. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper and handler normally, Mike, uh, but not this evening. So we are tuning back in after intermission to our special theatrical production directed by the wonderful and talented Miranda. So Miranda, please take it away. Hey, it's me, Miranda, and I will be your director as we continue exploring They Came From Beyond the Grave by Onyx Path Publishing. Tonight, we have with us some very special ticket holders. It's you, our Patreon supporters. We love you. I hope you've all used the restroom and refilled your drinks during intermission as we settle in for Act 2 of Mask of the Hideous Heart. Starring... Hi, this is Tiffany, and I am playing Juliet Maroney and her ancestor, Constance Briarwood. Guest starring... Hi, this is John. I'll be playing... Billy Carter, locksmith at large, and his ancestor, William Smythe Esquire, also a locksmith. Featuring... Hi, this is Mike, and I'll be playing Nick Sinclair, TV psychic, and his ancestor, Mr. Lionel Abercrombie III. With a special appearance by... Hi, this is Mike, uh, and I'll be playing Peter Thorngood, the professor... And his ancestor, Undertaker Archibald Samuel Cox. Uh, we start Act Two in the 1970s in Agatha Dupin's office. Agatha lights another cigarette before getting back to the tale. After the weirdness at the police station, your ancestors made their way to the scene of the crime. And the cigarette smoke once again fades into the smog of the late 19th century. As you find yourselves walking uh, not too far uh, to Morgue Avenue, where you've been directed, is the home of Jado. Uh, could we not have taken a cab? It's rather, rather a pea super tonight. That's why there are no cabs. Mm. Well... Uh, I suppose. Needs must when the devil drives. He quipped to camera. Uh, director, I would like to make note that uh, Archibald is the type of fellow who prefers to prepare for these things. And so he's likely done a fresh set of calisthenics in his sort of lanky black coat. And uh, he's done a, a a fair amount of bending and twisting to make sure that his body is prepared for a rather vigorous investigation. And so he'll be adding an enhancement to his close combat skill. I cannot wait to see you investigate vigorously. 
Ah, you, uh, actually, you, you see a, a familiar face, familiar only because they are famed as you are walking down Morgue Avenue. You run into, who is that, De- Detective Dupin? Detective? A famous, de- ah, yes, uh, hello, good sir. You seem to have run off from the uh, precinct offices. Ah, yes, well... I've had things to investigate. Are you investigating here something as well? Pray tell. We may be. Ah. Our mutual friend must be at wit's end then. As it seems the poor prefect has deputized every amateur sleuth in his acquaintance. (laughs) Indeed. And deputized even officers tonight. Ah. uh, I'm investigating my own case, though. Double murder. Hmm. Double murder, you say? Double murder. Uh, yes. Was there anything um, unusual about the murder by any chance? Well, uh, yes, the madam was found in the y- in her yard with multiple broken bones and her throat cut so deeply her head fell off when we moved the body. Inside, we discovered her daughter strangled and stuffed upside down in the chimney. I have not come to a definitive conclusion, but I suspect that the culprit is more or less than human. What does that mean, Detective? Do you perhaps think it's an orangutan with a barber's razor? What nonsense? Don't be ridiculous, man. (laughs) (laughs) I said that because it's the least likely thing I could think of. Also, I'm holding this cat that also solved a murder. The cat scratches you and runs away. Ah, God! Don't let it go, man! No, no, let it go. Let it go. It's better this way. To cut a woman's head nearly off takes a Supreme amount of physical power. It does. That's why I'm not sure what kind of human could do this. Hmm. Perhaps as as our dear colleague here suggests, it was not a human, but uh, some beast of the forest. (laughs) Seems there are all sorts of murders happening this day. Hmm. Yes. Yes, there's a veritable buffet. Yes. Uh, Many of them, the strangest thing, many of them have been confessing and and citing a, a low, dull, quick sound, much such a sound as a watch makes when enveloped in cotton. Let's they all use the same descriptor for it. Is there not like a, a distant drum or a... No, it's, it's always the same. I have heard this very sound myself. Not but ten minutes prior to our meeting. And yet you are, have you not murdered anyone yet? The evening is yet young, Inspector, Detective. Ah, well, in that case, perhaps I will get your case. Perhaps it will be you I murder. I jest, of course. But we must not detain you any further. I'm sure you have much to be getting on with. Oh, yes. Um, um, madam, you were about to speak. Where is this double murder? Oh, not far down the street, honestly. Perhaps we will take a look after we uh, look at this apartment. Uh, that would be fine. An, an extra set of eyes, uh, especially yours, would uh, be welcome. Thank you. We will be seeing you shortly. Oh, detective, detective, before you go, um, have you seen uh, an officer, big fellow, Stiggins, Stibbins? St- Stebbins, I think. Stebbins? Yes, Stebbins. Oh, yes, I'm familiar with Officer uh, Stebbins. Uh, he did 
passed by me earlier. I, I believe I saw him in this area. Mm. Excellent, excellent. Thank you very much, Detective. Of, of, of course. I, I look forward to seeing you again later. Some of you. Mr. Smythe, Mr. Smythe. A thought has occurred to me. Hmm. Mr. Constable Stebbins. A large man, a strong man. A man who had uh, disappeared from the station unexpectedly, muttering about uh, heading back to the scene of the crime. I wonder, I wonder if this strange ticking, ticking sound, much like a watch enveloped in cotton, could have been affecting his behavior in the same way that uh, the other constable that we spoke to in the station. He became very highly agitated. I wonder if a strong man such as the constable could have uh, perhaps been responsible for these murders in the Boulevard de Morgue. Well, if he's been seen in the area, maybe we should go to the double murder first because we do not want to be affected by the same thing. And the closer we get to this apartment, more of an issue it seems we have. Stebbins is strong in body and weak in mind. Perhaps he was overcome and turned to to something monstrous. Yes, well, now that I'm no longer holding that damned cat, I am perfectly happy to investigate this double murder. If nothing else, perhaps it'll get the name about town, help the family business. Speaking of business, we must uh, not tarry. Uh, Oh, yes, murder. Murder was filed. No, 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 no. Uh, Purely as a business matter, you understand. Um... As each of these bodies continue to pile up, my, well, the paperwork grows, you understand. Well, well, my boy, <clears throat> now I tell you, my boy Jeremy, work's been a bit slow lately with the lockpicking business, I won't lie to you. He'd be perfectly available for grave digging or perhaps basic embalming. Hmm. Yes, well, sent him by my office. Of course, Mr. Cox. Now, let's be away. Now, you shortly find yourselves uh, outside of the home of Jado and the old man. So are, we, are, we heading, are we heading there or are we heading to the scene of the double, double murder? I think we were going to go to the murder. The double murder. So are you going straight there or are you going to go to then Jado and the old man's house? For, like, which one are you doing first? Well, I guess it depends... Like, if we are already at the apartment and we see the door is ajar, I would think we would have to, which really it's a door, but um, we would have to, I mean, I would think I would want to investigate that. But if we are not, um, because my character is afraid that we'll all get infected if we go into the original apartment, that we go to the double murder where the other detective Stubbins has been seen. Um, Stubbins was like just kind of seen on the street, so not necessarily at the double murder house, uh, but he had of coming and going. Yeah, yeah, the vicinity of. Uh, yes, yeah. This has all happened on one short, like, couple of blocks, so it's not like a huge radius that all this stuff is happening on. Well, which is the closest? We'll go there first. Probably J Doe's house, since that's where you were. Um, headed, and then the women's house is like the next block over. Or perhaps, perhaps, and this is just a thought, we could uh, split into two factions. 
and uh, one small group, one brace of investigators could uh, take a look at the scene of the double murder and the uh, the uh, others could go to uh, Mr. Doe's house. Normally I'd be up for this, but uh, two of us did just hear the murder noise. Like a watch enveloped in cotton. Um, I don't want anybody to left alone with one of you if you should lose your wits. Well, then the, then a logical um, course of action presents itself that uh, uh, Miss Briarwood and I perhaps go to one scene whilst uh, you and uh, Mr. Cox go to the other. If two people hear the ticking, do they kill each other or do they kill someone else together? I, I suppose we'll find out. Yep. Yes, yes. I think we go to the um, double murder because... I think eyes in the sky of the vicinity of where the lady is laying in the yard would be helpful. Yeah, and then uh, I suppose then myself and uh, soon-to-be business partner, well, uh, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Smythe will head to uh, the apartment. We'll go with the double murder house first. So Mr. Abercrombie and Ms. Briarwood, you travel a short distance further and find yourselves outside the house of Madame L'Espagnier and her daughter. There's a body lying on the lawn. Ah, this is the, uh, the lady in question, I assume. Yes, it looks like they've uh, gone to cover her up, but they, when they move the body to investigate slightly, the head is rolled a short distance away. Hmm. Does she have both eyes? You can tell that um, it, was, it was a pretty gruesome murder. Uh, she does have both of her eyes, though. And her chest is intact. Her chest is also intact. <sighs> well, um, do you want to take a look around here? And I'll, uh, I'll nip inside and see the, uh, the body of the, the daughter, was it? In the apartment itself. Yeah, I think that sounds reasonable. And then I will uh, extend my arm and let the falcon fly and see if we can get any hits on any movement. The falcon uh, circles above, starting with uh, tight circles at first and then venturing further and further out, seeing if it can uh, spot anything in particular. And, and at, this, at this moment in time, um, it, it comes, it returns back to you and reports in a way that only a falcon can that it didn't, it didn't see anything. Okay. Are there any, um, footsteps or disturbances in the grass around the body that don't seem like boot marks or anything like that? Why don't you roll me a seems more finesse like so why don't we do a, a survival and cunning check to investigate around the body to see if you see anything and then do I add quips or no um yes because it's all we're counting this all as one game one two three four Okay, so you pass, you have a couple of extra ones. Um, there aren't really any survival-specific stunts that would apply to this scenario, but one fun thing about stunts is that we can carry them forward as an enhancement. Um, so I'll say you get a plus two enhancement on your next related roll. Okay, thank you. 
you actually you're looking for prints you don't you at first you're looking for like boot, boot marks and you don't see anything in them but then you notice a footprint it looks to be some sort sort of humanoid print or animal but you can't quite place your finger on it and what is that next to it fur um i will uh pick up the fur is it a specific color does it have a scent it's a reddish fur it's some you sniff it and it, it's definitely the animal it's it's long it's, it's almost the length of a of a of a shorter woman's hair but it's mm, it has an, an animal type scent to it okay do i see like any more of those prints is there a trail is there oh they are all over the place almost as if and if you're following them as if um Whatever was here was in some sort of frenzy. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Mr. Abercrombie, are you uh, doing anything in the... Yes. Um, as I ascend the stairs, I, uh, I take, a, take a moment to uh, collect myself as I'm still a little bit shaken from my experience uh, um, in the street a little earlier on where I ha- heard that, that s- strange noise much such a sound as a watch makes when enveloped in cotton. And uh, once I have um, kind of taken a few breaths and maybe had a, a couple of pauses up the stairs, depending on how many flights it is, Lionel um, Abercrombie is not a man in uh, the peak of physical fitness. He is, his, uh, his business is more cerebral than physical. And uh, you'll go into the uh, apartment and have a little look around, see if you can see if the body of the uh, the daughter has been laid out somewhere examine that yes they have pulled the body out of the chimney the place is an absolute mess there's blood on the walls what is that feces uh things have been thrown over broken and this body is absolutely mangled oh this is a horrific sight uh, let me see now. I'm not a doctor as such, but uh, perhaps a, a little uh, examination can tell me more. And I'll, um, I'll look at the uh, look at the body, see if I can see if it's missing an eye, if it's had anything burst out of its chest. For how horrifically mangled this body is after being shoved up a chimney uh, it's not missing any organs mm. there are no large hole wounds in its chest or uh, facial wounds like that okay um, then I'm going to look around the apartment see if I can um, see any signs of who might have done this like you know, footprints and uh, maybe a, a trail of blood or anything like that just see if, there's, if I can see any, any connection with uh, the other case the obvious connection yeah uh, go ahead and roll uh, a survival and um, cunning as well so I have got four cunning one survival I've also made a quip um, on, the, on my way here so can I use that as an extra die yep so that's going to be six. And I've got, um, I think that's two successes. Is it six, six and above? Can you remind me what the successes are again? Uh, no, uh, eight or a nine is a success, and a ten is two successes. 
and the ten is to all right. I've got one success out of that then. That is um, enough for this. It's a pretty low level difficulty. You do see similar to what your companion found outside footprints that are uh, look roughly human shaped, but not quite right. They seem to be uh, smeared in the blood uh, that's all all over. There's blood splatter all over the place with the violence that went on in here earlier. But uh, you you find similar information with the the footprints not being uh, that of a human. And as you're examining the body further, uh, you can tell that uh, the bruising around the neck where the daughter was strangled, the fingers seem abnormally long. Mm. The footprints are bare footprints, yeah. Yes. Well, not a bear, no. But they are (laughs) not sheathed. What? 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 Some sort of... uh animal has done this not a human being at all or if it is a human being a hideously deformed one oh what foul sorcery is this quit uh, well i must i must go and rejoin my companion sorry no sorry i was gonna do the same thing so it's fine <laughs> <laughs> so i guess we'll meet each other on the stairs then i'm coming down you ah there you are there you are miss Brywood. what did you find i believe we may be dealing with a werewolf Werewolf. Yes, yes. I think you might be right. I have uh, discovered that the murder upstairs was definitely not committed by anything human. Yes, all the footprints out here seem to be erratic and as if it were in some kind of frenzy. I also found this fur. Now I will dramatically open my hand with the tuft of fur. That is a curious reddish tint, is it not? Uh, Do we know anyone? Have we come across anyone with hair of this color in our uh, uh, investigation so far? I wonder what color Detective Stubbins' hair is. An excellent question. Well, perhaps we should uh, make our way towards the apartment and uh, see how our fellows are getting along. Indeed. We will cut to the uh, apartment of Jado and the old man, um, and we find ourselves with our other two investigators outside the door, slightly pushed ajar. Well, Mr. Smythe? Well, sir, the door is open. It will be perfectly safe for us to enter, I think. Indeed. We are being invited. Absolutely. Plus, you know, we're deputies. Quite right. Legally allowed. And uh, he has he's had a cane this whole time, and he just, like, pushes the door open with it. It's like, well, yes, there it is. Wide open, inviting anyone on the street to just come on in. Well, I shall go first, and you shall watch my back. Oh, indeed, indeed. I do, um, I should do just that. As you find yourselves in the the entryway, there's a hallway that leads down, um, and then directly off to your right is what appears to be the living room. The floorboards have been torn up. My. I was literally about to ask you, is like, is there any, I don't know, any signs that say, oh, I don't know, a heart hopped its way through here? Uh, not, in, uh, not in particular. In, in fact, there's um, not, I mean, there's not much blood in this area anyways. Um, it's true. Plus, if it came here, the heart would have come through the sewer. So it wouldn't be blood anymore. It would be sewage. Possibly gray water. Unpleasant to think about. 
The floorboards have been torn up in the living area. Yes, well, you can see where they were. I guess they were looking for the carts here. Uh, I say that'll be a rum thing for you, won't it? Bit of tough work to uh, get that gentleman back in order. Tough, but not impossible. There are um, sciences which only we professionals understand. I look forward to teaching your son about them. (laughs) Smythe is just like, well, yes, yes. And Batman must be a, must have his own complicated things. He's like, that sounded that was a weird way to phrase that. Yes, well, uh, shall we call out for the officer, this uh, Stubbins? Yes, I tap my cane a hard against the floorboards. Stubbins, make yourself known. There's no response. I could call again, Mister Smythe, but am I willing to pay the price? I look at the camera. Smythe's like, that's an odd thing. Uh, what an odd duck. <laughs> Well, it might be worth doing, but I don't think so. I, I can't hear anyone moving in here. I can't. Hmm. So, let's see. Do you think he did the murder upstairs or down here? Hmm. Let us investigate here, this floor space beneath. And lean mm-hmm. down just a little and take a look into the crevice, that space, the void, which beckons. It is really, truly just a man-sized, well, man-parts-sized. You could fit a human in here. Empty space beneath the floorboards. Well, there is quite a bit of space here, Mr. Smythe. That should be noted for later. Mm. (laughs) And Smythe has taken out a small notebook with his cane, like, over his, like, draped over his arm on the hook. And he's just taking furious notes of what Cox is saying. (laughs) All right, then. Um, So, Director, uh exits from this room in in general there's a there's a there's some stairs that go upstairs um where there are a couple of rooms likely up there there are is a separate door that goes back into like a kitchen area and then further down the hallway there's a, another door which is likely the lavatory well kitchen next see when he last prepared tea mr cox i don't mean to, mean to undermine you in any way but how do you figure that's relevant well, it could tell us the last time he was here. Oh, I see. There's actually, um, it looks as if someone was just actively going about their day. There is uh, some tea set out, small bits of food on a plate that look like they were just left suddenly. I see here, Mr. Smythe, as you know, Mr. Smythe, there is a uh, old folklorist tradition about setting out tea and food here. So I'll use a rewrite to uh, gain an enhancement for future use by flooding the space with a bunch of folklorist nonsense. Okay, what is the folklore about setting out food um, that you would later get an enhancement for? How will it benefit your story later? Well, um, it's a protective matter in case uh, you know someone were to come into the home, they would be dazzled by uh, such a wonderful food and, and uh, prefer- preparatory uh, you know, matters done beforehand uh, that they, w- they would give, be given enough time to, to make a hasty retreat or perhaps fend the attacker off while they were having their um, you know, their time with your uh, sweet bits. They're just distracted by the food. Okay, yes, this could work. Well, yes, of course. Now that you've put it in that context, it all makes perfect sense. As you continue your uh, tour of the house, why don't both of you roll me an integrity plus cunning roll? I am going to utilize a die from the rewrites. Because 
I don't have an awful lot of integrity. Just like any Undertaker. For the listeners, that puts us at four rewrites. Uh, that puts me at four successes. Holy smokes. I got a much less impressive two successes. That is fine. As you are uh, touring around the house, it is a fairly clean scene. You do find in the lavatory a few bright red drops of blood where Jado dismembered his his roommate, the old man. He's a plain-looking bedroom, unassuming. Nauseating yellow wallpaper, though, but um, you first, Mr. Cox followed by Mr. Smythe. Notice something off in the bedroom. A, a false partition in, in the closet that, that seems to, to slide open, op- opening into a, into a chamber. My, look here. Hidden space. Oh, yes. The candle there. Light it. Sort of point to a, point to a wall sconce waiting. And he... he- He's got a taper, he lights it, he lights the candle, brings it over, takes off the little, the glass neck, and he's just like, there, sir, I've... Uh, How far does this go down? How deep is this space? As you shine in, uh, you find um, a small chamber, almost like a a secondary, um, the size of of a bathroom, a small bathroom. So enough room for you to walk in, it's lined with shelves. Shelves, shelves. I step into the space. I'm going to go and investigate the books, just like holding the candle high. There are several books on the shelves. Night of the Cannibal Alpaca, Bride of the Werewolf's Ghost, a number of uh, other oddities. Uh, A dagger of obsidian and soapstone, a monkey's paw, a pinned specimen of a scarab like beetle, looking like it, it is made out of organic matter and gold. And also, um, notably, an envelope that has been open with a slip of paper sitting on top of it. Let's see what we have here. Um, give me a second. I must hold it up to the light. Uh, you are one of the chosen. Your host, Vincent Prospero, cordially invites you to experience a masquerade of transcendent decadence. At the manner of the seven rooms, there will be much of the beautiful, much of the wanton, much of the bizarre, something of the terrible, and not a little of that which might excite disgust. At the stroke of midnight, we shall out Herod Herod. Oh, that sounds very improper, doesn't it? But like a devilish good time. Would be hard to pass up. I uh, reach up and grab the dagger and slip it into my coat pocket. One couldn't pass up such a scandalous evening, if nothing else than to report to others later on what might have happened. Yes, and certainly, I imagine it's one of these parties the truly wealthy have, where they are incredibly decadent. And it would be nice to rub elbows with them and perhaps advance our mutual business interests. Well, we uh, do have a growing business with all of the bodies. Mm. And so, mm. well then, is there anything else here in the space that... um, Actually, given what I, given what you've explained, I'm gonna look over some of this stuff with, um, I guess, enigmas. Sure. To get an idea between um, in, intellect, enigmas, 
and hope hopefully find what what are all these bot what are all these pieces used for here mm-hmm. that is two you kind of think back through your mind to different studies that you have done and these are all different various occult objects and notably uh, you know like the monkey's paw has only one finger left up you know that, that legend says that the monkey's paw is for making wishes. Um, there's there's just various oddities and curios, different um, occult uh, runes with sigils on them, likely used in rituals of of sorts. Hmm. A party of unknown decadence and all of these ritual objects. Yes, perhaps they were spiritualists or occultists or something of the long that ilk. Hmm. My theory is nearly complete. You pick up a book and thumb th- through it. The title reads, The Devil Himself in all capital letters. Perhaps it is some sort of Satanist. I mean, I, I won't lie. I just assumed they were Satanists based on the whole not being quite normal. You hear a voice calling from outside, and the other investigators, Mr. Abercrombie and Ms. Briarwood, uh, as you approach the house, you hear a voice calling out as well. Ulaloom, Ulaloom, where is my lost Ulaloom? Who the devil is that? I will uh, find the uh, person calling out. Is she standing in the street? It's actually a, a, a gentleman with a very ladylike voice is standing out in the street, uh, hands uh, cupped around his mouth, calling out, Ulaloom, come back. Who are you looking for? Oh, uh, you startled me. Have you seen, have you seen Ulaloom? Uh, my, uh, my beloved orangutan. What? <laughs> Did you say orangutan? Yes, uh, Ulalum's a gentle soul. Wouldn't hurt a fly. Um, I would beg to disagree. No, oh, I've been with, I've, I've had Ulalum since they were they were just a, a small a, a child, a small baby orang- orangutan. When did you last see your monkey? Well, I wouldn't necessarily use the term monkey. That's an entirely different thing. But, um, uh, it's. Uh, just earlier today, I, 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 re- I recall hearing the most, uh, the strangest sound. It was a low, dull, quick sound, much such as a sound as a watch makes when enveloped in cotton. And Hulaloom flew into a rage and escaped. We were, I was actually shaving when it when it happened this morning. Hulaloom loved to watch me shave and mime the action herself. Oh dear, oh dear, Miss Briarwood, I think we may be not in fact dealing with a werewolf at all, but a were-ape. Indeed, at least in this particular instance. Mr. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't believe uh, I caught your name. Oh, uh, uh, Erasmus Prune. Mr. Prune, did uh, the... Ape your Ulaloom uh, by any chance. Uh, take your straight razor with her when she left this morning in uh, a fury. Oh, she did. She she grabbed it right out of my hand. I, I couldn't calm her down. Oh dear, oh dear. Then I fear we have some tragic news for you, my dear fellow. 
What has she been hurt? Not yet. We have not found her, but we have found her evidence. What do you mean? She has created or committed a crime. Impossible. My loom would not do that. Well, you see, I have this fur here as evidence from the scene. And if she had your straight razor, I fear that she is not as friendly as she once was. She drove mad. Drove mad by that sound. Yes, it is It is quite infuriating, is it not? Uh, uh, there is a detective on the case. I, I think it would be best to hide yourself without any any due delay uh, to the, uh, the prefecture of police, uh, where um, you should give a statement as to uh, uh, exactly what happened this morning with your ape. Oh, yes, I don't want them to hurt her. I... I... I must find find her first and, and warn them, tell them not to hurt my Ulaloom. Find who first? I step in past a sort of fake shrubbery. Ulaloom, my, my orangutan. They say that she's she's gone mad, that she's injured some people. An orangutan? Aye. Quite a powerful creature. Oh, no, she's gentle, a gentle soul. You figure how strong, though? Ah, uh, yes, but uh, she wouldn't hurt a fly. Hmm. Mm. I, I wonder if, uh, if she is herself perhaps heading towards uh, the police station in order to confess any crime she may or may not have committed. Would she know to do that? Do apes have a sense of crime? I mean, in the human sense? No, but she does have a sense of remorse and... Uh, She's she's accidentally spilled things at times around the house, and she feels very bad for it. Hmm. Uh, maybe she's spilled a few other things this evening. Indeed. Yes, my dear fellow, I, I think the best thing for you to do would be to head round to the police station right away. And, uh, well, you may you may well find uh, your, your Ula Loom there waiting for you with guilt weighing heavily upon her massive simian shoulders. Oh, oh, there's, there's an officer right there. Officer, officer, could you, could you perhaps uh, help me or, or take me to the station? And you see, uh, heading towards you, a burly man with a bushy beard. Devil, there he is. There he is, that's the one. Stubbins. What do you mean, that's the one? Officer, over here, we're looking for my Ulaloom. You know, people don't know what your laloom is, correct? It's... Why don't you just go screaming about the streets? You're looking for your monkey. Well, it's not really a monkey, though. It's an orangutan. Yes, well, as long as you don't have anything to hide, then you and your orangutan, I'm sure, will uh, will receive fair fair justice from the, uh, uh, the forces of law and order. This burly, bushy-bearded officer steps towards you, um... It's almost a, a, a bumbling uh, step. And as you look him over, his hands are caked in blood. My God. Give me that. You you found it, didn't you? The invitation. Oh. I need it. Hand, hand it over. You wouldn't have any interest in this invitation, would you? Not truly. A man of the law can't be out-heriding Herod. <laughs> no. That invitation is mine. Truly. As he gets closer, you can begin to hear the heart 
his heart beat in his chest. You can hear it out loud. Hmm. Does it have any particular kind of sound? Uh, sound of his heart beating in his chest? If you if you were to describe it to someone, you would say it's a low, dull, quick sound, much such a sound as a watch makes when enveloped in cotton. I don't know that's how I would describe it, watch enveloped in cotton. Ah, but you have not heard it, dear boy. If you hear it, it chills you to your very soul itself. And this poor, mentally defenseless young man has been has been overcome with whatever foul sorcery this is. And uh, I think it it behooves us to follow it to to its very the very core of it one might say to its very heart i will um grab william's wrist and look at his watch what time is it um it's a good question i would say early evening it's still a um the lighting of the set is such that it would it's probably daylight out on set but they've put some filters over the lights and the cameras so that you know that um it's 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 evening time oh they're filming day for night well it seems as maybe we have a party to attend perhaps i could bring stubbins as my plus one I am eyeing Stubbins, just like, oh, the, is this man about to murder me for the thing in my breast pocket? Yeah, he's actually, he's stumbling towards you and he's getting fairly close now. And you can see his eyes are absolutely caked in, or his eyes, his hands are absolutely caked in blood. His left eye is pale blue and there's a film over it. Hmm. And we'll actually, I think at this point, we'll go into an action sequence. So we'll actually go into rounds. So initiative in this game is you can either choose to roll athletics and cunning or empathy and dexterity. William got one success. I have four. Lionel has none. I have two. So our order will be Tiff, Mike, me, John, and then Spike. Uh, but you're more than welcome to use social skills or combat skills or whatever kind of skills you want to diffuse this situation. I don't know that I'm much of a social person. Uh, <laughs> so, well, I do have persuasion. Oh, um, yes, I will ask if what it is he wants at this party for this invitation. And then would I use like persuasion and manipulation or? Sure. Yeah, go for it. Hey, I rolled the 10. Woo! Uh, so that's three. Decadence, destruction, finding a suitable host. There's only one truth. The soul seeks oblivion. You yearn to be parted from the farce of rotting meat, hopelessly clinging to calcium deposits, to pierce the disgusting skin sack so rudely thrust upon you by the enemy. Nine months imprisoned in a warm, wet chamber and the soul bursts out, seeking freedom, only to discover it is clothed in the same decaying clay 
the soul goes insane. The soul demands release. I offer this terrible freedom. I'll pass. Sorry, Mike, what would you like to do? I, uh, I will use my trademark cane and say, uh, very well, if I must defend my honor, so be it. And I'll, uh, pick the cane up and use it as a cudgel and attempt to beat him about the head. All right. Sounds good. Is this your trademark? Poke it with a stick. That's right. Perfect. Um, so you'll get two extra. This will be a um, close combat might. And you'll get two extra dice for this. Plus any other bonuses that you may have accumulated or um, would like to use your enhancements. And it's eight, yes? Uh, eight or nine or one success. Ten is two successes. Okay, so that's five. And uh, as I cock the cane back, I will say... Not all of us seek oblivion. Some of us want what was lost. Um, You strike him with your cane. You have some extra successes because the base to hit is only a one. Uh, Your cane will do one damage. You You can use your extra successes to do up to five points of damage, or you can do something like blind, disarm, knock down, seize, shove. Oh, sure. I can just buy some stunts. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, So I am all about uh, blinding him, which is sort of what I'm going for. Um, And then I'd be happy to pay, uh, let's see, if, 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 if I've got three stunts after that, I will use one to knock him down. And I'll use another one to do extra damage to him. Okay. And yes, the way you hit him, his eye, you can see him wincing and holds his bloodied hands up to his eye and you kind of get this like double blow into him and are able to both blind and knock him down. Blinding him uh, suffers a, a plus one difficulty on their next action, which it is his action next. And I feel like I was going to roll Baleful Gaze, but I'm now unable to because I have been uh, blinded. So I will unfortunately have to resort to the dreadful beat of this heart as the beat begins to pick up faster and louder. You can actually see his chest bulging outward and uh, everyone in the the vicinity that can hear it will have to roll an integrity plus composure roll with a difficulty of four. Director, am I still on minus two dice? No, it's a new scene, so you are good. Uh, but you do get your plus one enhancement against it, so you automatically get one success. Feel free to add any quips, trademarks, tropes. Very good. Luckily, like other members of the cast, I admit it may be deeply unnatural but I like it so I rolled a 10 and then if I use the enhancement I got two successes for that too yes so four successes so you've passed Uh, you've resisted I would like to use my uh, my trademark you must believe to overcome yes you get two extra dice for that sadly I only have three successes oh no (laughs) I also only have three successes. 
I have four. So, Mike and Spike, please roll me a die and let me know if it's odd or even. That is even. That is odd. So, if you rolled an even number, you are stunned, uh, which is what Mr. Abercrombie was. Uh, Previously, you are confused, unable to focus, uh, and at a negative two dice to all rolls while stunned. And if you rolled... Uh, an odd number, you are panicked. You've been filled with supernatural fear, or perhaps you just can't take it anymore. Either way, you'll do anything to get away from the horrors you're witnessing. You will gain a reckless retreat enhancement of two on any actions taken to escape. So automatically two successes if you uh, escape. Okay. Um, and it will be a negative two if you do anything other than try to run away. So if you try to confront the source of your fear, you just have a negative two on it. Okay, thank you. Which brings us to John's turn. I will firstly proclaim that this is a struggle to the death against the forces of evil, which is a quip. And I will deliver in exactly that tone because I have not had a good day on set. He's just, <laughs> it's just a really bad delivery. People will later on watch the movie and be like, What's with his delivery in that one scene? It's just really weird. But then he is also good in a scrap, which is a trademark. So I'll add plus two to my dice pool to try and disable the fellow as quickly as I can. So I'm just... so Sorry, man. I'm after losing track of where we are for a second. He's been blinded by Mike. Yes. But he's still up. He's knocked down as well. You see, William Smythe is not good at fighting. He doesn't he does think it's something... A, middle-class man should do. However, he is blue-collar, so he has had, you know, moments where things have come up in his past, in his youth, before he was middle-class, and he, um, he knows how to get a good kick in when someone is down. So I would like to use cunning and close combat <laughs> for, for the role. Sure. Because you related it to your origin. So, that is five successes. Holy smokes. I know just where his kidneys are. You certainly do. Uh, Would you like to put those into extra successes or anything in particular you would like to do? I would like to put them into extra successes. Just more damage. Just very savage mean kicks to his that are hitting the organs, not the soft fleshy bits. So you begin to lay into Officer Stebbins as he is prone and uh, clutching his eye and you're just giving uh, kick after kick right into the guts. And how many successes did you say you had? I had five. And he is clearly very um, significantly wounded from from, uh, this. He starts to cough up blood as you were laying into him. And it's only then that I, afterwards, that I scrolled down and was like, flashy, oh, you can remove someone's psychological condition. I'm like, ah, that would have been a good good call. Oh, well. I mean, if you would like to do that instead, if you want to use those instead. Um, so flashy takes how many? Two. Okay. Yes, I'll be shouting at <laughs> Mr. Cox to snap out of it, man. Snap out of it. Um, I will uh, trail off just slightly looking away dramatically off camera and say, Elvira, I miss you so. What? <laughs> yeah, he looks over and he just sees <laughs> this man in a, in a very nice suit just kicking a guy on the ground. I will, I will roar and cheer Mr. Smythe on. 
Go on, get him. It is now Mr. Abercrombie's turn. Mr. Abercrombie has been watching this scene of, <laughs> of violence um, with wide staring eyes and he just cries out to camera. What foul sorcery is this? Angels and ministers of grace defend us. And he turns swiftly on his heel and runs as fast as he can in the opposite direction. I believe the role for that, by the way, just to see if you fumble, is uh, going to be what running would be athletics and dexterity. That is one success. Plus your uh, two, you get a plus two enhancement, I think, which means they're automatic successes uh, to running away. So regardless, you are, you flee, you start running in the opposite direction. And it is now Constance's turn. Constance will look at the uh, man slash creature on the ground and will pull out her Winchester rifle from off her back in a flourish as the falcon goes flying into the air. And she will shoot this man in the heart. Uh, that is going to be a aim and... Uh, dexterity. Four. I will say your gun automatically does three. Is there anything you would like to do with the extra successes? Oh, um, I will use what's that. Okay. Uh, what, what is that? <laughs> so it says I can purchase this stunt when taking aim at a medium range or longer. You take stock of your situation and gain a single clue as though you were ta- taking an investigation action. Oh, very interesting. You blow, you you shoot right into the chest of uh, Officer Stebbins. He stops moving. Um, you know, he was kind of clutching his face and writhing on the floor. He stops moving momentarily. This should kill a man. Uh, and it does technically kill uh, Officer Stebbins, but as you are looking down at the damage you've just inflicted, from Officer Stebbins' chest bursts, spraying you with blood, a human heart enlarged, uh, thrumming this this beat it's 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 seeping its way into your ears and the heart looks not damaged at all um it looks as if someone would say it has full health outside of this body and the eye also sprays forward from the man's head and it attaches itself to the heart and then rides the heart off and slips back into the sewer. And that is where we will end our episode today. Uh, thank you again for listening. Uh, take a short break and we will be back with Act 3 of Mask of the Hideous Heart. <laughs> 